Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Awakenings with Michelle Mache, the weekly dose of spiritual and metaphysical insights and information for navigating the soul path. Listeners are invited to call into the show for a reading or with questions and comments. Call 347-539-5122 and press 1 on the keypad. Also, join the Sacred Space of Empowerment live chat. To create a username, register with Blog Talk Radio. It's great to connect with all of you here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Awakenings. Uh, welcome, guests. Okay, so if you heard the, the beginning of the show, the, um, <laughs> the show started and clicked off. So um, I was trying to hide the keyboard on my phone. So <laughs> hit the wrong button. That's that's how it goes. Hey, we're still in the shadow of the retrograde. Uh, we still have retrogrades going, and we're still in the shadow of Mercury and Mars retrogrades. Anyway, welcome. Welcome, everyone, in the chat. Welcome, guests. Welcome to um, this program, and welcome to the community. Welcome those listening by phone as well. And if you have a question or a comment, um, or you'd like to get a reading, uh, that number is 347-539-5122. If you are in the queue, and you did have a question or a comment um, or you wanted a reading, please press 1. Yeah, so everyone's getting in the chat here. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I had it. Uh, greetings, Gemini Moon. Hey, Brada. Got one radiance. Welcome, guests. Welcome, everyone. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that number is 347-539-5122. Yes, you can ask questions in the chat as well. Um, or just call it in. And please remember to press 1 on the keypad because we get a lot of listeners. We get a lot. Of, most of our listeners are by the archives, but we do get a lot of listeners by phone and while they're at the office. Um, got an email from someone the other day that listens while they grocery shop. So they're in their, the to-do stream with their kids and um, their toddlers. So they're in the, the basket. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I still have the one listener that went one while vacuuming, and the other one I loved it. This was years ago. Um, looked for a tech, uh, tech company, and um, a guy would put his hoodie up in his cubicle while he was doing programming and such. And um, listen with headsets. So I thought that was kind of cool, too. And then, of course, we've got um, someone that listens in Hawaii as well that uh, trains while they're recycling. So I always love to hear those. So if you feel so inspired, send me, uh, email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com and let me know where and how you listen to Awakenings. find it fascinating and Kind of cool. I mean, you know, get it as you can, when you can, right? Long drives, cross-country trips, all of that. So, yeah. Oh, my God, I love it. I, this morning after my meditation, um, I was doing some writing. Those of you that follow my blog, soulplayground.com, I've got some new stuff. I just posted a couple things for the beginning of the month. I was doing my um, monthly energetic forecast and psychic tune-in. And then a lot of times if there's, you know, some interesting or more intense or challenging uh, trans, 
positions, transformations, transits astrologically or, you know, new moon. Um, they're all important, but there's some that are extra, extra um, important or can be transforming or can be catalysts or new moons or anyway, I will post uh, stuff where people are asking a lot of questions. So, yeah. So um, one of my things this morning, I realized that my, one of my neighbors, they love on Wednesdays, their gardener has been coming, but they had changed the time right to the middle of awakenings. So I had to close everything now. I don't know if you can hear, but I've got my wind because I've got my windows open my little office area and the, the door open and there's a gentle breeze and the wind chimes are going and I live on a residential area so there's usually not a lot of traffic although sometimes they do film here which are going to be filming and sometimes so that's trafficy in big trucks but for the most part it's quiet so I was bummed and I went with it but I did have the intention and I put it out into the universe I wish that they would change the time and so today, as I'm preparing, tuning in, I hear the blower, but it's over. It's gone. <laughs> so the blower is gone. I guess they did it a little earlier, a lot earlier, and uh, so we're not going to have that, at least for the now. So that's good enough for me for the now. Um, I want to let everyone know, too, because um, – Emailing awakenings uh, podcast at gmail.com is the best way for guest suggestions, topic suggestions, etc. I know I say that all the time. And sometimes people say, why do you always say this or about your website? It's because I get emails and I get people posting on my social media asking, what's the best way to get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach you? Or I have this great guest. So we have peeps. We have support team here, great people that help uh, with a lot of stuff um, going on. So uh, Angela, Jen, Joe's, Sadie, some of you know her. Um, and then all the community, all of you, you know, with your suggestions, emailing me topic suggestions. I do try to, pr- I really do prefer email rather than the social media because I'm active on Twitter, Facebook, multiple pages on Facebook and Instagram. And I don't mind the odd, you know, communication here and there, but it's easier to just put it on the page or put it as a comment because I may not always check uh, the direct messages. And I took the DM app off of my phone, so I only have it on the desktop now. So if some of you have been trying to DM me, just email me or uh, put, put it on the Awakenings page or the Awakenings community page. Uh, had some great, great input great uh, post the other day and people chiming in about the energies and what's going on uh, right now. So I kind of want to address that. Oh, also let everybody know I'm right in the middle of doing my high vibes uh, program. A lot of you have asked, when is the core wounding clearing coming back? I call it liberate. Thank you, Archer, for that. Um, Because I was thinking, is it liberation? Liberate your life? But it's liberate. It's liberate, liberate, liberate. Liberate your life. And it's Getting to, understanding, seeing, and releasing once and for all the core wounding and the core belief, um, as well as the, the condition response pattern or emotional stuck state that's connected to that wounding. And the reason we're able to get to it is because I do really deep regression work. So we go back. We go deep and we go back. 
So um, I like the combo of the, the, doing that and the high vibes. But anyway, so I'll, I'll be bringing high vibes back again. Um, we do some cool stuff in there, bilateral stimulation, changing mindsets, we're creating new neural pathways. So I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. Um, and, of course, so that's starting the, uh, the um, Liberate Your Life is starting, I believe, the 22nd of this month. And then I am bringing back the psychic development and opening the channel on the 29th. And these are done in series. So I give you stuff to do, exercises, processes. Um, there's Some of them have, you know, I check in by email, voice note. Some of you I'm checking in by phone um, in the intuition development. So I love giving the support because it just, it, we all need it. It helps. You know, we can't just do something once a month or once every few months. So people ask, can we please extend this and then do readings? You'll be reading, you'll be psychically tuning in the first session, the first teleworkshop session. So if you want to know more about that, go to soulplayground.life. It's also on eventbrite.com. Thank you, Tamara, for putting the link in. And... Um, yeah, or you can always email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com and can send you some info as well. So, uh, again, callers, 347-539-5122 if you're feeling like you'd like to connect, share, give feedback, or reading. So um, in alignment with high vibes and also releasing the core belief, I'm going somewhere with this, you guys, okay? Um, I've been doing my own cleanse and my own detox, and... Um, I do them every now and then, but this one's been much more um, deep and intense. And part of it, because I, I was really realizing, you really can't cleanse your body without cleansing your mind. And you really can't cleanse your mind without cleansing the body. You know, we have little crutches. Mine was sugar, sugar, sugar. <laughs> Not all the time, but a crutch. And, whether, and it's sugar, whether it's... Um, car, you know, pasta, uh, wine. Um, what else was I getting in my little mode with these wonderful little health food, quote unquote, health food little, I don't even know what they're called. Let me see if I have the name because I still have them in my fridge, but I'm just not eating them. Um, these little kind of like healthy candy bars. What are they? Ocho. Anyway, a lot of peanuts and nuts. And anyway, I just found like I was like, there's got to be something underneath that I'm not – I'm already processing a lot right now because it's been so – these energies have been so intense. You know, a lot of delays, a lot of, you know, loss with the eclipses and rearranging of the inner psyche. But anyway, I just found that that's um, – I think sometimes – I love food. I think it's amazing, and I love cooking, and I love sharing food with friends and, um, you know, having friends over for tea and snackies and this and that. But sometimes I feel like you have to take a step back and see, you know, is it about the connection and company or is it more about the food kind of thing. So um, anyway, so I've been doing my own um, and realizing I'm back to my non-releasing the gluten and just juicing, you know, juicing a lot more. Doing just I put it on my Instagram, my little cleanse. Uh, back on a lot of the super green stuff I was already doing, but I was doing the other stuff. So basically the cleanse is just cutting out a lot of stuff. And it really served me with doing the high vibes 
um, because we're doing a pattern interrupt. And so I felt like let's just interrupt the pattern of how you were eating, you know, how are you going through your life to have more space. So one of the things I find that's very helpful, and a lot of you I know, I've been getting emails from you, are really going through some challenging, um, really, some of you, some sickness, you know, cancer. There's a lot of stuff going on, um, some tough passages right now, a lot of uncertainty. And what I want to say is sometimes, especially if you're experiencing a lot of loss, whether it's, you know, loved ones, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, or, or, you know, friends, you know, you're looking around and going, oh, I don't resonate with these people anymore, or a lot of people are out of my life, or there's been actual death, is to not cram up the space. And that's one of the reasons I decided, um, as I'm, a lot of my world has been changing, I thought, you know what, it's the be- to have more space. And it's the antithesis of what the ego wants. The ego doesn't like space. (laughs) You know, it it doesn't like space. It doesn't like, right? Uh, Let me not talk right now. Let me pause. Try doing that in a conversation. But the truth in, in many ways is in the space and is what we feel. The unfolding is in the void. And it's the male aspect of us, which is great, that wants to do and wants to separate out. Um, however, it's in the space that what we need to know is revealed. It's in the gap. It's in the void. And so sometimes that gap and that void comes by conscious. Sometimes it's taken away. But I would say move with the cycle. So if there's a lot being let, let go of or you're having to let go, consciously let go. Let go of that activity. Let go of that food. Let go of what fill the space and feel what's there, the raw emotion, you know. I also feel that a lot of times as um, humans, and, and some people are, you know, well-intended, but it gets you in a, in, a, in a wrong path, is a lot of times we want to skip through things or we want to hurry up. I, I see this as, a you know, a shaman in the work that I've done with, you know, a sacred passing or sacred crossing as a bereavement counseling with working with, you know, death and dying and, you know, people that are terminally ill and the family, you know, that they're on that road. And it's like, mostly it's the people, sometimes it's the people that are going through it, but a lot of times it's the people around like, or oh, hurry up, or you're still dealing with this, or this came up again for you, you know, or five years later, loss of a spouse. Oh, you're, Oh, you, you haven't moved on. And in, in essence, we don't really ever move on. I mean, the completion or, the, or closure, as people call it, is getting to a managing or a coping or it becomes a part of you or part of your life. Any of you that have gone through a lot of trauma and, you know, and there's a new movement with this with post-traumatic stress disorder is to, you can desensitize it or make it less, but it's not to make it go away. It becomes part of you. It informs you, not part of you in a sense. It informs your life. It's not the true you, but it is something that you experience. Just like, you know, being a dancer, you hold yourself differently. You know, uh, you know, being a physicist, you're going to look at the world a certain way, right? Uh, a really great secretary or support person in that way is going to see what's missing. You know, what they're going to notice, oh, this will help you organize better. 
So we can't really undo what's been done, you know, what we've experienced. And my sense is to bring it more in consciously. Sometimes it's celebrating it. Sometimes it's just simply acknowledging it and being okay with it. And the truth is, what I'm finding is when we go through traumatic situations, a lot of times we focus only on the traumatic or we might have be happy or joyful within that or feel a sense of peace. But then the egoic part of us says, well, what, what, well this is bad. Well, this is, you know, why I'm going through a hard time. So I would say a lot of you that are really challenged right now is ask yourself, how can I be all that I am, all that I experience, all that I feel? all that I think. And then you can start doing some, some shifting. Like in the high vibes, we have a lot of the, the, the worry thoughts, circular, a lot of that coming up first so people can get a handle on it. We do the pattern interrupt before we start encoding, before we start the conscious creation part. But it's not to deny. And part, part of the process, too, is taking the time, the sacred space to process or move through stuff. Because what, part of, a big part of what we're doing here on this earth plane in this amazing soul playground, this very beautiful, loving, but challenging, uncertain, strange, bizarre, you could say horrible and sometimes evil, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's the mix. It's the mix. There's a mix because there's a mix of frequencies. There's a mix of expressions of the all that is in different forms. Some of you are on a different path, you know, where there is a lot of challenge. Maybe there, is a, there are a lot of relationship issues. But you can get out of that by repatterning. You can get out of that, but it's also not to denigrate it. It's also not to put it down or feel yourself less than. There's some experience or expression that is moving through you on a soul level. Now, the wisdom part when we're connected to our higher self, simply an alchemical process is as we awaken or become more aware, we realize that there's higher octaves or higher vibrational frequencies in expression. So we learn, we grow, we shift. We, we shift our mindset from something fixed into something open where there's more possibilities. If that's your path, if that's your path. So in many ways, it's recognize your path. If you're repeating the same pattern and you're aware of it and you don't like it, you don't want to do it anymore, then that's your, that's your cue. That's your cue that it's time to change that, and that you have it within you to change it, to change the pattern. Because in many ways, we are the blueprint. We are that, uh, we are that sequence, that Fibonacci sequence, right? We are that. Uh, that's the flower of life. I'm trying to think of the other, the conch um, symbol, the spiral that is in everything. We express an experience of the pattern, but we are beyond the pattern. That's why when we do clearing, we, we, don't, we do it the DNA matrix, but also the energetic matrix, because there's, there's something before the pattern. Yeah. There's something before the belief. There's something for many of you, you know, if you past lives or other dimension or play. a lot of you, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and they're saying, oh, but when you incarnate, you, you work on this issue and, you know, you say I'm coming back and I'm doing this and I'm doing, yeah, well, that's lower vibrational frequency because when we're talking, but that's fine, that's true. We have to play in that realm. 
that there is a part that's learning this lesson. We come, you know, we come in, you know, three to five lessons. Um, some people say only three, you know, one to three major. It depends. Some of them are sub-lessons or learning experiences and ways to express and experience through that. But there's a part of all of us that's beyond that. And that's, that's the energy to tap into when you're reformatting your life. So a lot of what's happening right now is that we are so getting, um, how do I want to say it? We're so getting rerouted, redirected. And I've talked about this before, but I think you all, I know I can see it a lot more clearly how it's unfolding or manifesting, you know, the shape and form that it's taking. Is as we are changing the game, changing as a species of how we're doing this game, and it's interesting, a client of mine said, oh, my God, I'm just realizing this is just such a game. It is. It's game sphere. It's game sphere technology. The game is less about being egoic and separated out. We still have that separated out, that individuation, right? We're still individuated. We're still unique beings. However, what is you know, and it is said to me that if we went on that path of focusing more on that and emphasizing that, we'd become extinct. So now what's being brought in is the merging aspect. And we have that, if you look at the, the aspects to, to Neptune right now, you know, and even Jupiter and Scorpio, the occult, getting down deep. The Jupiter and Scorpio, people are, you know, even I thought, oh, my God, Jupiter and Scorpio, oh, God, that's uplifting. Well, it's like dropping the anchor before it's put up. You ever seen on a big yacht, you know, or ocean liner, dropping first to the depths before it gets wheeled up. So many of you, many of us, we're in the dropping. We're in the depths. And it's a further letting go. It's a, it's a relaxing into the feeling of the letting go unto that flow, that universal flow. But there's the aspect of you, the higher self, which I call the mediating intelligence that connects us to the innate intelligence of the all that is, to everything and everyone, the innate. Um, it's like the zeitgeist of all times, not just what's contemporary or current. It's that the flow of what's happening, what's, what is now coming in to be the new pattern. So it is a, a very confusing time because we can't make it happen. You know, I was talking to one of my clients the other day, and she's a manifester, and she's being blocked. And I said, look, I've been blocked, too. I'm a manifester. I'm like, and remember a couple of years ago, I said this would be happening, and the message was from the, that the higher self doesn't want us making mistakes. Or you know, getting involved in things that's going to be difficult to get out of. Now, we are the higher self. It's that aspect of us that's guiding and directing and knows what's going on, that, that's always in touch with the pulse you know, the ohm, <laughs> you know. So some of it's being thwarted. Things have slowed down, even with all these retrogrades, you know. And as we had Robert Wilkinson on, you know, the great metaphysical astrologer saying, you know, the retrograde, it's slowing things down. It's delaying. Yes, it's frustrating. But it's because you have to remember a lot is going on. We don't necessarily see it right now. We're not seeing it in the denser physical form it's not tangible but many of us feel it i mean i can see so much that's etherically unfolding um and i'm getting hits i'm getting messages and again this is not obviously in session that's a whole different thing of the accuracy but when you're 
being retrained or rerouted to live more this way. It's, I can see, it's like before you could make something happen. In other words, you feel what's going to happen etherically. You could kind of set things up, right? We know. We've all done this. That's becoming more and more impossible. As we feel that let go, that's the surrender, the letting go so that higher directive can come through. You know, and in many ways, what's happening is we're receiving more of the, the cosmic, cosmic or micro aspect of us, the archetypal energy. We're seeing how we're living that out. That's part of the patterning is that archetypal energy. So many of you are telling me, I feel like the fool. I keep getting the fool. You know, we're going to have later on the program uh, Robert Bonono uh, talking about the, the tarot, where it came from, and the archetypal energies of the tarot. Um, this is why I feel like more and more people are opening up to that um, as a, you know, I use it not just, you know, I've been doing tarot, I don't know, 30 years or so, but um, 25 years, um, and astrology and other, they all read together, the tree of life. They're all this map. They're the map of the energies. They're the, map, they're the weather map of what's coming up or what's, how are you going to be experiencing and expressing? You know, I also use a tarot in my, my practice, not just for tuning in or reading, whether for myself or other people, but as self-development. Because it is about the self-development. It is about the fall into matter, the coming into matter to know what matters. It is about the journey, you know. Uh, of course, Joseph Campbell talked about that. And Carl Jung, you know, the, the hero's journey. We are the hero in our own life. But it can show us where are we stunted? What do we now need to integrate? So those of you that are major manifestors, you might be feeling, God, how come I'm not making it happen? You know, I can't, I'm trying. I can't get this going or I can't get this job or I'm putting the resumes out there. Because you know how to do that already. Maybe you are the emperor. Maybe you have a lot of male energy. Let's just dial it down to masculine feminine or the divine masculine, divine feminine. Maybe you're adept at that, but it's about the divine feminine for you. Maybe it's about the merging and finding the, the, the flow. Maybe it's about connecting in to intuitively. Maybe it's about focusing more on love. Some of you may have been in those realms and you're finding yourself being pushed out like, oh, I've got to do, I've got, now I've got to respond. I've got to do this. So that's the soul, whether it's a relationship it's the soul's call for rebalancing. But it's balanced expression here. I was like the soul is like this amazing container that contains everything. Everything and everyone. Every, it's, it's all in there. But it's how much do we allow to be expressed on this earth plane. Let's see. Tamara's saying, right, we're manifesting in subtler ways. It's energetic rather than only physical. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, Robert, you coming on at 12.45, 12.50. I see you in the chat. Um, yeah, let me just put that in. So, yes, it is the more subtle energy. That is the, the, um, the shift there. And it is how it – so, in a way, it is absolutely necessary to learn um, – and that's why, you know, meditation, getting in the meditative state, whatever, however, meditation is just the practice 
to get into that meditative state. Even with mindfulness, because eventually, I love mindfulness. I teach that. You know, I've studied it for years and taught it and taught it agape and taught it, and I wrote a book on meditation. However, that's still a practice. It's so that we can learn to shift, because it's all a shift in consciousness and awareness. So the more that we can shift, like Tammy is saying, connecting more to the subtle energy, you know, which is one of the things I do a lot of my workshops, is how do you connect into the subtle? It's us. That subtle energy is us. So to be able to have faith, because you feel what's there hysterically. You feel what's there subtly. And believe me, I don't know about all of you, but my little love, as much as I do this and live in this for my own private you know, life. I can't believe how much the loss, the, the 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 cleanse for me of being able to make things happen or know what's going to happen, or align to it to to draw it in, is is that's the cleanse for me. You know, no, you you feel it etherically. You don't know the timing, but you feel it. You have to trust and have faith. And I'm starting to see manifestation. You know, confirmations of that in more and more ways. And it's like, okay, I did feel that. I did see that coming. I did hear that message. And it exactly played out. One of my friends and dear clients was saying, my God, Michelle, you do this all the time for people and you're so accurate with your readings. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But it's much easier when you're objectively looking at something. (laughs) It's either to do in session. It's easier for me to have that even about myself, that faith when I'm in session, you know, whether – healing session, working with someone or just out of kirtan or out of meditation or in the, before or after the sound bath. Yeah, but now how do we hold that awareness and that connection consciously and live that way? So that is the next piece. So some of you that, again, that you feel, oh, my God, I'm really being thwarted here, you know, or – you know, I'm having to live with less, less money, or, you know, I'm now moved, you know, somebody emailed me, they moved to this town, and they, they, they hate it, and they hate the job, but there's a reason. But what I want to say is be with those feelings of hate, or I don't like this, or something's wrong. Don't try to deny, deny, deny. Don't try to take the happy pill. Find ways to process it through, because this is also, even if it's in for sure with you know, Saturn working through Capricorn of structure and that Jupiter and Scorpio that's saying um, the, the Neptunian aspect right now that's saying this focus, inter, focus on and integrate the spiritual. How do you bring it into your everyday living? This is why in some of my teleworkshops, and I'll share this with all of you, is when you get up, don't just do the same thing that you always do. Pause. What's coming from the higher directive? What's the inspiration? What's coming from God, your source, source energies, you, the higher aspect, is going to give you the message of what to do. So we'll be all being retrained to listen and feel those promptings, those nudges, and follow through, to live by that as much as you can. And you'll find that more gets done and in a way that's actually better, uh, that's more efficacious, that's more expedient, that's, that's, you know, better for all concerned. And we don't know except on the other side why, on the other side of after we've lived through it. So, yes, it's requiring radical honesty, radical trust, you know, trust. Of, um, <laughs> Tamara's saying in the chat, 
you manifested no more lawn blow. Yeah, I did, yeah. Oh, believe me, knock on wood, <laughs> right? Uh, as far as manifesting parking space, <laughs> I tell you, it's a little, but you know what? Have fun with it and work those muscles. Um, there's been some other things that I've seen that I, I God messages on that um, they're kind of a little more critical. Um, and remember, those of you that are trying to do this with people or situations that are involving people, you've got their, free, you know, we're, we're, this is not about, in, you can influence, but it's not about changing somebody's free will. So you have to wait for that opening, or know, or know that okay, this is this is the this is a possibility. I kind of knew that lawn blower could be no more. You know, I don't want to get rid of the person doing it and the blower, but the time. But I let it go. You know, I thought, oh, you know, and that's the key. It's the, it's in the letting go to allow the energy to move. Okay, one radiance in the chat is saying, living day-to-day in the meditative awareness of being, yes, the essence that is seeing and hearing beyond the thinking or sense of identity in the mind. Yes, that's exactly what it is, is the sense of the identity. You know, we kind of are here to play with identity, but if the more that we're playing with identity the, or identifying, over-identifying with identity, it, it blocks our possibilities. It blocks our unfolding. So this is why, you know, if you can reframe labeling or titles to what you like to do. It's not you. It's how you're functioning. It's what you like to do. It's an activity or something that you like to do, but it's not you. I think that's, that's the key, um, that it's, you know, it, because when you're over-identifying with what you're doing or what is that, what is that label, now you're having to come through a construct, what we call a mental construct. You know, even as I'm sharing with you and I'm sitting here, I just come to you. I just come to you. I don't know. You can call me a host. I don't know. You can call me a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even thinking anymore about the names or what I'm, you know, doing. And it's interesting. I feel like, in a way, the outer world or the more mainstream had to catch up to this. Because I did have this idea in the late 90s, I believe, maybe, maybe 97, 98. And I tried doing that. I tried, especially with the work that I did. Um, and people were like, oh, I didn't understand it, or you've got to explain more. You know, there was an explaining. But I feel that right now, because so much is by resonance and so much is out there for sure on the Internet, that people get the idea. They get the idea. You know, back in the day when we had, you know, some people still do, but business cards. I heard something funny the other day. I don't have a business card. I have a website. <laughs> that's how it is. Everybody's got a web. But, you know, it's even the work that I do, what I share, what I am doing of service, I remember back in the day I had to write so much down. There would be so much explanation. And Jen, who does my design work and great uh, designer and some, my websites said, why are you putting so much? I said, because I don't, I'm t- I don't want to have to go through the spiel so that people can read it. Now it's, you know, it's less. So what does that say? That says to all of us, it is about simplifying now. You know, I always say we're complex beings, very complex. We're layered, and our experiences are very layered. What we think is horrible ends up being good or great. What's good or great has a horrible 
thing in it. Or we're having an amazing time, but there's some patches in there that are horrible. There's horrible time, and then there's some amazing something in the middle of Jewel. You know, and the Vedantas talk a lot about this um, in the Hindu philosophy and the sacred scriptures. They talk a lot about that. The Buddhists talk a lot, lot about that. The I Ching is based on this. So we have that wisdom information to guide us. And I feel just like when Radiance put in the, the chat, it's, it's, it's now more and more about living it. It's not just, oh, when I think about it, or now I have to go meditate. And No, it's like shift into it, shift into it. This is you, this is you. How do you shift into that? Apply that. Do it, you know. So it's just we're becoming, I feel, more tactile, more kinesthetic. And I feel that's always been there, it's obviously, as divine human beings or starseeds having this, you know, indigo, whatever you want to say, spiritual beings having this experience, being in the earth suit, right? But now it's requiring it. It's, it's the gut knowing that's guiding and directing you. It's that inner knowing. It's that intuition. But it's more about feeling because it's resonance. It's more about feeling safe to feel your way through your experiences. You know, almost in a sense that the, the ego, the persona is becoming blind or blinded so that we can see with the divine eyes. We can see and feel with the heart. We're touched and seen by the heart. Even if you have to make some tough decisions. Some of you, you know, and you've called in, like, oh, this relationship is really unhealthy. So then... But you can still know that there was love there. No matter how horrible, there was still some form of love. So you don't discount everything. I feel that's a big part of this process is don't discount the whole experience. There, there is something loving there. There is something life-enhancing. Even if you choose not to be with that person anymore or in that situation, if you've grown out of it, you've grown out of that little sandbox, you're in a bigger one. You know, you're taking the whole beach now and not a little sandbox. Still, there was something there that you received, that you gave and that you received. And my understanding from the guides is as soon as we start acknowledging that, some people might call that forgiveness, whether it's a self or others. But as soon as you start acknowledging that, it's the freedom of the energy. The energy, you get that download, you get that upload. You know, um, you get it from the earth. You get revitalized. The energy starts moving again. Yeah, that was horrible. Oh, my God. But, however, this also happened. So see where you can find those nuggets right now. And also, as I always say, get to your support. Some of you that are listening to this now that you said that you'd be listening today. This is for all of you, but especially some of you that have emailed and uh, messaged it's we're all in this together I know we all say this and we're but we're handling it in different ways one way that is I feel crucial and critical for everyone is the ability to reach out to, to, to pause to allow the space don't try to cram stuff in the space right now if you're having that loss and you're doing as much as you can take a little break Take a break. Um, when Radiance is saying, when one releases, 
relaxes into the self-awareness of being, then life unfolds with a sense of grace. Yes, the grace comes in. I had that the other day, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to ask for that, or I'm going to relax into that. I haven't asked for that in a while. Yes, the grace where you're lifted up. So, But it does require a pause. It does require a slowing down or a stopping, a pausing. It does require taking the time to connect into that part. You know, it's going to become, it is going to be second nature. Just wait till Pluto goes into Aquarius, okay? It is, you know, in Saturn, you know, at the end of this year, November 3rd or 4th, I believe, um, when Saturn goes into Sagittarius, it's going to be anchoring some of this hard, heavy lifting work we've done, this emotional, the losses, the philosophical, the beliefs, that's going to start being restructured. As opposed right now we're working with institutions and, you know, systems. So there is going to be this lightening up, you know. We're kind of carrying big boulders or water hoses right now, or some of us are by the side of the road waiting, going, I feel that what's happening, okay? What can you do or not do in the space? I always say reach out to friends and family. Reach out to love. You know, allow the space and savor it and look around and go, wow, it feels odd. It feels weird, this space I have. Wow, I've got all this space. See, again, Your creations are going to come in the space. They're going to come in the void. It is the divine mother, the womb. We've been taught to be afraid of the black, you know, the negrida, the, you know, the negrida madre, the the dark mother, the black mother, the black hole. You know, and so there's been so much about don't have the black, don't have the void, don't have the space, don't have the extra time, fill it, fill it, fill it, do, 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 do. do. So, yeah, we're here to do, we're here to express, but what we need to do is come bubbling out of the void, whether it's the silence in the mind where the flash of insight comes. Daydream, I suggest a lot of you to, to daydream, daydream, set up the time. Meditate, daydream, let yourself lie around a little bit. Go for a mindless kind of walk or a hike where you're not trying to get anywhere or achieve anything. And that's when it comes in, through the feeling, through the flashes of insight. That's where the guidance comes in. So the more you're comfortable with the space or the void, the more you're going to feel the guidance. It's there. The signs are there. The symbols are there. Now, as we all begin to recognize it more and more and live from that, it will only get stronger and there'll be less less and less fear of that of that space. All right, let's see if we can get the caller. Four zero eight eight two eight. Hi, you're on on air. You're on awakenings. Hello. Hi. Hi, Hi. I'm Ellen. Hi Ellen. Welcome Thank to Thank you. I'm so glad I got through. <laughs> me, me too, me this too. This is my first time trying to trying to get through for for sure, actually. Oh great. Great. Thank um, you for your program. You have a question or comment? Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. I love doing it. I mean, it's like love connecting with everyone. Thank you. So my question is, I've had a lot of transitions the last couple of years, and okay. I have I've had some um, struggles at work, and I have now gone to part time, and mm-hmm. I am now starting my private practice again, and so. It's been really slow, and I know that you just said, I've been hearing this. You said, yes. 
So I'm just wondering if you have any um, sense on what's going on with my my private practice at this point and if it's the right direction for me. Oh, no, it's for sure the right direction. It does show um, going part-time and starting was good. Right when you said I went part-time, I, I was just, yay, good, good, good. Um, yeah, you're well. It says you're building now. The one thing I keep hearing, and they say make it more fun. Your, your guides coming in, <laughs> okay. writing and blogging and and sharing more of what you do. I want to say, look for openings probably mid to end of October, so it's not that far off. But I feel okay. overall by uh, let's see, when is the practice going to be? Well, yeah, Scorpio time. So end of October, November, things are are picking up more. And I want to say, I keep hearing February also. So I feel like you're going to notice an uptick or, you know, more people. But something that you're going to be doing the first of the year, um, Hmm. I don't know if it's classes or workshops or talks or you're blogging more or you're doing art. I don't know. There's something of that, that, that energy that's going to, bring more people to know of you and to work with you. Okay. So right right now I feel like you're going to get a little, like, a little uptick. That's the word I keep hearing. I don't know what that is. I was going to say upsurge. I said, no, uptick, okay. uptick. I said, okay. An uptick, uh, so we're talking end of October, November. Um, and then something, I feel around the holiday time, there's some shift that you go through. And I can hear him saying, you know, I'm just going to start doing this, or I'm also going to do this. And it does show bringing <laughs> a lot a lot more abundance, uh, you know, prosperity, because I feel you have a lot of abundance already, but the prosperity aspect um, yes. beginning of next year. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I had a sense myself something was going to shift in October, November, but I just wasn't sure. Ah, good. So confirmation. Love it. Yes, for sure. Yes. Thank you so much. You're so and I you're actually so thought welcome. about blogging too. So. <laughs> oh, well, then that's what it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, I feel either someone, it's going to start taking off or someone reads something and then tells someone else or either just, it feels like it's a, it's a kind of, a, what are they telling me, a generating, extending out, the expansion. Hmm. So if you thought about the mm-hmm. blogging, then, yeah, listen to your intuition. Yeah, follow through on that, definitely. Great, great. Definitely, Thank you so definitely. much. You're so welcome. Much peace. Take care. Take care. I love that when you just get the confirmation. I love it. I love it. There was the confirmation there. Yes. So see, see, sometimes we get that. We get a little sign or we get a little message, do this or do that. You know, last or beginning of this year, I got the message. I started doing poetry readings. And, you know, who knows what that's going to go. But I love it because I write poetry and was published in a couple books. You're in my, you know, middle school to teenage years and college. I was in a couple anthologies um, but I don't know what it's going but it's something it's freeing the soul see the soul likes to do things that aren't necessarily as we would say going anywhere <laughs> there may or may not be a result it's just about the experience and the expression 
So, okay, it's time for our second half of the program right now, and we have with us uh, Robert Bonono. And um, he has got a great documentary out. I started watching some of it. It's just, oh, my God, just chock full of um, rich historical data and insight and really helps to uh, Travis and Travail the beginnings of the tarot and how it has become more a part of the populace over the centuries. So let us welcome Robert to the program. See that I'm not seeing you now. Okay. That is interesting. Robert, what can you give me your number? Because let's see, six zero eight, I'm not seeing. Hmm. There we are. Okay. Robert, welcome. <laughs> oh, looking for your thanks Skype. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've got this great documentary, The Exploration of the Major Arcana of the Tarot. Um, pretty amazing. So far, what I've, I've got to dive into it uh, further. Pretty amazing. So let us... Uh, yeah, and okay, people can find it by going. You've got your YouTube channel, I know, um, Robert Bonono Cax, uh, Cactus Land, right? That's right, right. And they could just type into YouTube uh, the 21 Faces of God, and it'll come up. 21 Faces, okay, 21 Faces, okay. Love that, okay, good. Very insightful. I think for any reader, um, an artist too, I have some that are, you know, working with those sacred kind of images. I'd love to know how you got to where you're at to take on something like this. I mean, this is quite a feat. Um, it's quite impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's very in-depth. Yeah, very in-depth. Um, how long did it take you, by the way, before we get, get to my – I've got that question kind of popped out. Yeah, it took me a little bit more than two years. A little bit more than two years, and um, I okay. in the middle there was a bit of a break, and I got I got a bit stuck when I started doing the cards when I started with the fool. And, okay. Um, but yeah, it's about that's about every day two years, so it's been a lot of work. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's fascinating. So, what brought you to the tarot, and also the path of esoteric path? I would say. Is this a calling yeah. that you've had since how how did you come to this path mm-hmm. and to the tarot actually too? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say I, when I was about 16 or 17, I started to have those kind of in those Jungian terms, those big dreams, like these big apocalyptic dreams. And mm-hmm. um and then a friend of mine gave me a bunch of mushrooms and that just I had yeah. one of those where the whole thing just opened up. So one of those really beautiful sort of spiritual experiences. And then later on in life, I got really involved in Zen. And I realized that that Zen thing I was looking for, I actually already had had it, (laughs) you know? So that was definitely, that was, and so I've always written novels. I've written four novels. And the last novel I wrote, I was looking for a structure behind the novel. And I had always played around okay. with the tarot cards, but I'd never taken them seriously. So I sat down and I said, wow, the, 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 the major arcana, there's 22, 
this is a great structure for my novel. This can give me the, the idea for each chapter. And, mm-hmm. But then I thought it would be easy. You no, know? I could say, just take these 22 cards, and, uh, and it took me. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't. It wasn't. It was about, that was about 10 years ago. So, <laughs> so I just got deeper I and know. deeper it's, and deeper. Deeper into it. <laughs> but now, how did you go from what you were writing before to the, to mm-hmm. the tarot? I mean, how did you come across the tarot and say, well, this, you know, let's explore this? Um, because I had written a lot on politics, um, economics, these sorts mm-hmm. of things, and I really got tired of it because it, it's, it's always, you always seem like you're in a fight, you know? And so I was mm-hmm. trying to get out That's of true. that. And so mm-hmm. I, I wanted to write a novel that was more esoteric. And so I was mm-hmm. trying to get away from the politics and the, you know, all that stuff that's going on and get into a place where I didn't have that constant battle, you know? So that was mm-hmm. that was kind of what pushed me in, and then I just it just kept going because to understand the tarot you have to understand astrology. So I started learning astrology. Yeah. Then I got really into alchemy. I was very interested in Jung all my life, but the last okay. books of Jung, I didn't understand those. I'd say to my early forties, no, like um, mm-hmm. the Mysterium and Aeon, those books, and I finally got mm-hmm. them. And then I started to understand alchemy, and then the the tarot clicked in, and it all just began to go click, 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 click. It was a great experience. Yeah. I love both of uh, those tools and paths, um, and you're so right. They're so intertwined, um, as well as with the tree of life, um, and numerology. Right. It all seems to kind of fit together, this kind of cosmic map or grid, Um do have a question for you, though. I'm fascinated. Have you mm-hmm. ever looked at what is happening at any given time? You could do currently right now, politically, mm-hmm. as to what is what is it what's happening archetypally. If you're looking at the tarot, what is being expressed oh, or worked through? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I had I had a, it was really interesting. I got really stuck on the fool, and um, I was listening to there's a, there's a scholar Lewis Hyde who's written a lot about the trickster the trickster motif, you know, mm-hmm. and I realized yeah. now I realized that this whole moment we're in this this I don't want to get political but we all know the moment we're in yeah and yeah yeah exactly that, that's that, good enough everybody knows yeah but I want to die everybody there, knows know. <laughs> right and that 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 trickster motif. Right now, in our world, especially the North American world, is crucial. It's it's somebody. It's at that thing where everything is getting turned upside down, and we're starting yeah. to see behind and all the all that was hidden and taboo. People are starting to point out, and it, and it, that's why I think we need to take this as a positive because it's it's like mm-hmm. a cleansing, you know. Yes. And yes. if there's someone out there that we. And think about it this way. If there's somebody out there that a lot of people don't like, think of that person as Drano. You know, Drano sometimes is very important. No? We need it sometimes, right? <laughs> we need it, yes. Well, one of the things, and I want to get your take on this, um, there's a couple things. One is thought um, in kind of an esoteric philosophy or setting you know, divination or the, the path of the, the sacred path of the unseen is that every new level there is the fool. The fool comes in because you have to trust, yes. have faith, right? Um, right. 
And then the other thing that I want to get your take on is because the magician is also, and I don't know if you, you through your studies saw this. I mean, I think it was Rider Waite, one of them, the idea mm-hmm. of the 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 white magician, the black magician, and then the mixture. And that because the magician obviously is the, is the great can be the trickster, um, mm-hmm. you know, Mercury, Gemini, ruled by Gemini. So being fooled, you know, by is it sleight of hand magic or is it real magic of genuine charisma coming from light? I don't know if you can speak on that. Any thoughts you have about that magician energy? So I feel like that's a lot up, but a lot of people are duped by the Hayoka mm-hmm. or the trickster right now. They're, they're, you know, with the cult of personality, the glamour realm, um, you know, the idea, too, of, you know, like film, TV, you know, now we have, we have beyond Photoshop now. You've got apps that can, you know, <laughs> filter and highlighting, right? So we, we're playing in these realms, right, of changing our reality and, and what do we believe, of, you know, magic, believe it, you know. But then also the, there's this, shadow side or this undercurrent that can also be turned to use against us if we're not aware because we could be believing in magic that's you know detrimental or not real magic and and we should be very careful when we bring any kind of um, ethics or even morality to the esoteric Mm -hmm. path because it's when you, you reach a certain point and you know where is the good and bad but when we look at the magician, right. think about Mer- think about Mercury. No, it's it's not a solid, mm-hmm. and it's not a liquid, mm-hmm. and it, it mm-hmm. has that state. It's sort of that in between state. So the magic of the magician, like I say in the film, the magician takes the fool and he cooks him, and out of the fool, mm. after the magician emerges the two masculine aspects in the hierophant and the emperor, <laughs> and the two feminine aspects in the empress. And the high priestess. So he, he cooks them and he breaks them up into the four elements. You know? mm-hmm. We're being cooked. <laughs> We're being cooked. Exactly. But that's exactly it's what's right. happening to us yeah. now. All of this garbage <laughs> is getting burned away yeah. and we're starting to see the truth. And remember, no matter what side you're on, there's a load of garbage. <laughs> there's a load of garbage. Yeah. So Absolutely. it's got to get burned. It's got to yeah. get burned. Yeah. yeah. But it has. To, but I find it interesting. It has to come up. There has to be this agitation or instigation or disruption or pattern disrupt, you know, to bring it up to the surface. I mean, even if you look at physical yep. healing, that that happens. You know, the boil. You know, you've got to. Right. Um, right. So that's right. Right. Exactly. That's so exactly it, it. It's just like a boil. The boil right now. The boil is enormous. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's what everyone wants to do. Pop it, pop it. I know. But it reminds me too, anybody, you know, if you've had whatever the zits or what is spots, I guess in the in Europe they call them right. spots or zits, but I you know, but the dermatologist would always say, or you know, whoever's beautician or whatever is like or esthetician, don't don't pop it. Don't it'll scar don't right. it, it has its own natural healing process, <laughs> right? It, right, right, right. <laughs> And you're just waiting. You just want to pop it. You, know? you just want to lance it, whatever, you know. And people that want to pop uh, it, and it just won't pop. No? That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You trust right at a certain point. Blemish. It's got it. There's no popping the it, 
doesn't go away. You just get those little marks on your face. That's so true. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, gosh, Robert. Um, so what? where should we dot? There's so much. I mean, the film, everybody really has to go uh, take a peek at it. Is First of all, what are you, what are you wanting to sh- – I would say this is a creation of love because it's so in-depth. Yeah. Um, what are you hoping for or intending for this film at this time? Which, by the way, just a little caveat here, I do feel it's so timely because more and more people are waking up to the whole idea of their own self-unfolding or knowledge, right. you know, um, and looking for tools, you know, how, you know, how do I navigate? I think people are looking for their own inner GPS, and which Tarot is fantastic for that. Um, but what is your intention? What is wh- how do you feel this can help, or how should what's a good way for people to come to the film? Yeah, um, because I'm not. The truth is, I'm not selling anything. So this is something I did for two years, no, and it's free. So so it's just something I felt like I had to do. It was almost like a calling. So what I really, really want to do is with the tarot is I'm convinced that in the tarot. There's tarot for divination, and that's great, and I do that a lot. But this film is not mm-hmm. about that. This film is about the past. And I yeah. think especially in Western culture, we're at a moment where we're, we're at a loss for myth. We've lost our myths. Mm-hmm. We've lost mm-hmm. all of them. And as you scratch the surface, you, go, you, deep, you can find these, these old myths that can really guide us. They really get like in the film, yeah. I talk about just look at the days, the days of the week. No, those are seven planets mm-hmm. and we don't even think about that. So I really wanted to show right. that in the tarot, there is a path and there is a message and it can yeah. show us one example. Let me just give you one example. If, if we look at okay. the hangman and the death card, you no, know? first yeah. you get that turned upside down feeling where everything is just everything you believe is what you thought was black is now white. What you thought was good was now bad. Your life gets turned upside down. And then after that mm-hmm. comes the death card, you die, your old self dies yeah. and something begins to reemerge. So the cards, that's what I try and do in the film is just show that, that narrative arc. Mm-hmm. And I really think it can help people because we need a myth and we're living mythless. Yes. And when we do that, yes. these corporations will come in and they will give you myths to live by, which is spend all your money on things you don't need and live a mindless life taking care of these multi-gazillionaires. You know? And that's what right. we need to go back to live for ourselves, for us, mm-hmm. not for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And there's they a reason, me. you know, it's – Oh yeah, oh I know. Yeah. They you yes. Well there are you look at the yes, you look at the commercials, they're archetypes. Oh my god. Right. And or the steps to getting there, or you know, are you Queen of Cuppy? Are you the 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 swords, you know, are you yeah, um, and I think tell me what you think, because I like you as well, use it a lot for um self development, you know, looking and seeing Mm -hmm. where somebody's at or what energy to integrate or align to. Um so yeah, I totally get you, um, you know, with that. What do you feel will like during these times? What is and that's why I said how people can come to it would help people. I mean, is it maybe getting a deck of cards and then just seeing intuitively where am I at right now? What would be a good starting point? 
You mean to like kind of get into the cards or or get into the well, whole big the picture? Cards, but, well, the whole, yeah. Well, at least I feel like as a tool because I feel that pe- I agree with you with the navigation. I feel people get locked, and I do feel we do these archetypal energies, or whatever they're co- they're cosmo- cosmologically us. They're you know we're they they do mm-hmm. just you know come through us or descend on it. However you want to look at it. And when you're in that, that's it. I mean, when you are having death or the, you know, I've had the, the hangman for, you know, on and off for so long. Uh, I understand that, you know, it is what it is. No, no, new perspectives. You could say, yeah, it's great on the other side. But, but what would be an entry point, I feel, for people? Yeah, that's a great Just question. Just on a simple and level. I, I, yeah. That's why that's one of the reasons I made this film, because when I wrote that novel, I had to understand the tarot. And there was a great moment when I was looking at the tarot and I had never re- I knew a little bit about astrology, but I never really got into it. And I realized if right. I want to understand these cards, I've got to learn all that stuff about the houses and the aspects. And I didn't really want to do it, but the cards kind of pushed mm-hmm. me in. So that's why mm-hmm. I think if you buy it, I would buy a Rider weight deck because it's, there's so much mm-hmm. written about it. And it's very easy to memorize. And yes. by beginning with the major arcana, so start. don't worry about the minor. Start with the 22 major arcana. You can watch my film. I think would really help you understand it. And there's tons of books out there that, that just lots of, lots of free resources. And, yes, start with the major arcana and put them in order. So put them in order. And I like to make three rows of seven. So the material plane from the magician to the chariot, the psychic plane from strength to temperance, and then the spiritual plane from the devil to the world, no? And put them in those levels, and you can begin to see the body, the soul, and the spirit. And you you can begin to integrate those archetypes, you know? I think that's a great Mm. way to begin. I like that. I like that. That's great. And so would somebody then just see where they're feeling that they're at once it's laid out? Yeah, we have to, I think you have to be a little bit careful about that because we're all, because that's why I say the fool is us. He's sort of mm-hmm. the microcosm. Yes. And the 21 mm-hmm. other cards are sort of the, the macrocosm, you know, the major archetypes. And all of those mm-hmm. archetypes are reflected in us. But when you go through, you can find where you're stuck. There'll be a card that you mm. can't get. You can't understand it. And then mm-hmm. focus on that card. What does that card mean? And really kind of think about it. Use all the possibility. You can use the um, astrological references, the uh, elemental references, whatever you want to use. But like you say, it'll help you find where you're stuck. It's a little bit like in that Jungian idea of the four functions, thinking, feeling, sensitive, and intuitive, the one that you feel completely out of control with, that's the one that's not your, that's the opposite of your dominant function. No, that's the underdeveloped function. Mm -hmm. Like for me, for example, it's the emotional part. Thinking, I'm great, but emotionally, I get nervous. Mm -hmm. So I always have to work on that Mm -hmm. emotional part. So Mm -hmm. in the cards can help you that way too. I like that. I, yeah, I kind of see them as like a passage. You're going through a passage of what you either, mm-hmm. like you said, either have not enough of or too much of. There's some kind of awareness and rebalancing that's 
and it's upon you, you know, um, to how do you, whatever, integrate that, heal from that. Um, but that, right. that is the, what, the passage or what the energy that you're, you're going through. So let's talk a little bit. There's been, um, you know, some different schools of thought of where the tarot, I mean, I'd heard like there was tarot readings and then it went to, um, I don't know, 14th, 15th century into playing cards to kind of hide mm-hmm. the, the tarot, the divination aspect. Could you speak to that? Because there's a lot of people a lot of times that wonder, well, where, first of all, where did it come from and why do we resonate so much with it? Why are we drawn to these images mm-hmm. to help us, basically? Yeah, I th- I, yeah. So I'll give you the kind of the real quick story. So the, the Mamluks were uh, they ruled Egypt. They were sort of a warrior ruling class, and they had a deck okay. that was without the major arcana, and that was just a it was a playing card deck, very similar to the playing cards we use today, without the major arcana, okay. and it was a gambling game. Now those cards moved into Europe in probably the thirteen or beginning of the thirteen hundreds. No. And okay. in Europe, it became a game. It was a very popular game in Italy, say, in the 14th century. And then somebody decided. Yeah, it's like the ter- it's actually the modern day equivalent would be closer to bridge. Oh, it's a little okay. bit like a, a bridge game. And the trump cards, the 22 major arcana trumped the minors. So they, they were higher level cards. And so. As an addition to the game, they took 22, actually 21 major arcana plus the fool and made these as the higher trumps, the cards that would trump the lower cards. And now this mm-hmm. is where all the mystery comes in. Where, where did these cards emerge? My feeling is what they did was they took the 22 most potent, powerful archetypes of medieval Europe and put them mm. in order. And they put them in order, and that's why they resonate, because they, may, they wanted these to be – these are the higher-level cards, the cards above the lower cards. So if you take right. the 21 or 22 most important archetypes and put them in order, it really, really resonates with us. Because from a platonic point of view, a lot of people want to say, well, they have to come from Egypt or they have to come from wherever – Right. Remember, in a platonic point of view, these these forms are always with us, and they come back again yeah. and again in film and again. art, yeah. cars. Yeah, they keep yeah. coming back. You don't need to find the lineage; it's just the fact that someone took them really those classic, potent archetypal forms and just put them in a collection and in order. And they and, and there was something mm-hmm. magical about it that it just clicked like a great work of art that just touches us. No. And they just, right. They just arrive. They reach us. But now, now Robert, but were they used early on in divination because there's, and then did they have to go underground or are you saying that they were playing cards to begin with? And then the divination or the, the archetypal aspect of them, let's say the, you know, the, the self-help and archetypal aspect uh-huh. and divination came later. Yeah. I mean, all of the, all of the academic studies that have really looked into this initially, they were just a card game and mm-hmm. it, the okay. divination probably began in the 17th century, 
But the real focus on, on the cards as, as an esoteric path really didn't begin until yeah. the 19th century. You know, the 18th and 19th okay, century, that's, that's when it really began to build up. It, that's when it began to kind okay. of develop. But I just want to make clear, that doesn't take away from the force of these archetypes. Because, right. you, because Michelle, you do divination. You can do div- My grandmother did divination with tea leaves. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter oh, what do. you use. I know. It's true. Poppy leaves, tea leaves, no. And you know what? Even the, um, like if you look at the I Ching, even the way numbers or how -hmm. many people in a room or object, anything, anything could be read, whether energetically or through some kind of. So I wonder why they, what the shift is or why that it became this. Like what was the awareness that, Let's use this for this now, or we see this replaying, whether Egypt or Babylonia, Mesopotamia, you know, that this, these archetypal energies, um, and I agree with you, they just keep recycling. They just come through. Right. They're in everything. They're reflected in everything. Everywhere. They are yeah, us. Everywhere. And we are them. That, that's, are, I think that's ah, the really key. Okay. When you look at the world in an enchanted way, you know, you see that it's mm-hmm. all a reflection. It's a reflection of something, no? Mm-hmm. You know, yes. I, there's a great psychologist, Edinger, who said, when you, when you see the outer world in a primitive way, that's superstition. When you see the inner world in a primitive way, that's wisdom. And, and that's really true. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's that reflection. One reflects on the other. Which one is real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. No, <laughs> that, right. we, we should be careful when we're trying to ask. Some questions are best just kind of left there. Uh, no? And that's kind of one of them. <laughs> which one is real? Yeah, <laughs> which one is real? Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, that depends which way you're looking, right? Um, mm-hmm. What's your beliefs? Now, um, what do you think? Because you're saying, which I agree, that, okay, this is, they keep playing out. They are us. Do you find that the meanings get updated, or do we need to update them? Uh, like, if you look at what, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. That's a great question. That's a fabulous question. And it's something that I've kind of fought with internally. Like, for example, I, I like the, the Rider Waite deck, but I'm not particularly crazy about the uh, Crowley deck. And, mm-hmm. but I know love that deck and that deck works for them so I, I think I think this is one of these questions where it kind of works both ways I think okay. it's important like let's let's go back let's take it from astrology for example you have to know <laughs> the classic Hellenistic astrology first then you can go yeah. off in all of these new directions but you've got to have that base if you don't have that right. base you don't understand it and I think with the cards, it's that way, too. As long as you understand the initial archetypes, I mean, these go back to Plato, yeah. like the chariot. No? That's the uh, yeah. allegory of the, uh, of the chariot from Plato. I mean, this stuff is old. So it's important to understand the original one. And then I think, yeah. like you say, they get, they, get, they get turned around. Like, for example, gender is very important in the cards. But... Right. Not gender in man woman. These are uh, these are archetypes. Po- the the universe, the duality of the moon and the sun, and a lot of people get confused mm-hmm. with that, and I think it turns them off. So 
So that's why sometimes it's good to have the modern decks that kind of work, work in new ideas about gender. You know what I mean? It helps people mm-hmm. not reject them. So, yeah, I think, I, think it, I think it's not a bad idea that there are so, – but don't you think sometimes there are too many new decks? It's like everybody and their brother has a deck. No, it's like I think yes, yes. But I do. Kinda... I agree with you. When I um, teach, you know, tarot, and I start, I do require people to start with the Rider Waite. I have them read a lot mm-hmm. of different books. But I agree with you. I feel if you don't understand, um, it's like when I first started studying the I Ching, I had some books that you know I could, I could really misinterpret i mean like pigs flying this and that you know you're always going to skew it to where it supports your point of view right (laughs) this must be oh right till i dug deeper and i was giving this book that the guy did eaching and we actually had the the carol k anthony the author at one point on our show and then it was like straight up like hitting hit me as where the you know like oh oh that influence coming in isn't another person. It's me. It's my, you know. So, yeah, right, I, right. I, and I, so I, I love that confirmation um, that you're saying. So I think once you have, then I agree, then go off and integrate different mother piece. I mean, there's all these, mm-hmm. so you can get these pieces. But until you have that really strong working foundation of the archetypal imagery and energy, and I see it with people reading, especially, you know, certain people that, oh, I don't like that, that, oh, it's so this or that patriarchal. I'm like, but you are working within the patriarchal also system. You have that within you. So you got to understand exactly. that before you can be, right, you can be space goddess. You know, oh, I only want the alien deck where I'm the space goddess. It's like, okay, well, that's not exactly <laughs> what, you're, <laughs> what you're living on the earth right now. So, um yeah, yeah, and I really yeah. think that studying studying this, and I, I hope my film can help people with this, is to disconnect gender from physical gender because it's completely different. Okay. It's absolutely different. Okay. When we talk about that, that cosmic polarity of day and night, no, man, mm-hmm. feminine, masculine, we're not talking about it as a man and a woman. These are all right. the, we have those four we have those energies in us, all of us, and so we have to we have to be careful because today it's gotten very confusing this way, and and you don't because we have to respect people's identity their physical identity, but we don't want right. to discard all of this ancient knowledge just because it uses language that right. maybe you know some people get a little nervous around, you know right. So would that be the updating then is how we're looking at gender? Would that be maybe the piece? And, and does that come up in your, I, or do you explain that in your, in your, uh, the video? No, I, I don't. I stick to the classical, uh, very sort of uh, traditional ideas in the film because I didn't want to confuse people. No. Right, so I, right. I wanted to make it clear when I was talking about the Empress, we're talking about Venus. Now, you could express mm-hmm. Venus through a man. Of course you could. No, all men have that Venus energy, right? But if I started mixing and matching, I think I, I was afraid it would get too – I wanted to give them, like, the hard stuff, no? The whiskey. Right. Each one. And yeah. then they like can <laughs> begin to mix and match, and, you know? Yeah. Themselves. But I think that's so important, especially now where there's, like, so many decks 
Um, some of them I've actually, the meanings are just so kind of misinformed. I've had people study, and I'm like, you really, I, I even have certain decks that do that. I won't name names, but I've said that meaning is going to just, it's so off. It's so off base. Um, so I think if, yeah, I think if people have the basics, then you're kind of intuiting or you're getting the the message perhaps beyond the um, preferences of the ego. Right. I think you're able to be more objective, you know. Um, now, where does alchemy? I found that fascinating. You mentioned it here. You mentioned it in your in your film. Mm-hmm. Where does alchemy come in here? Oh, alchemy is absolutely crucial because when the cards emerge say the 13th, 14th century, that's when the, when the first alchemic texts begin the, from, from the Alexandrian period, the Hellenistic period, begin to get translated again and brought back into Europe. And at this time, you get the first Kabbalistic texts in medieval, in medieval Spain and so for some of the first magical texts. So it's all coming in at the same time. And I'm convinced, and in my film, I, I try and make the case, that whoever created the first deck, the first major arcana, was deeply mm-hmm. knowledgeable about alchemy. And I show the pictures mm. together from the same period. There's definitely alchemy is de- because you know those alchemic uh, prints, you know where they have like 20 prints and it shows a series of images. Those there right. was def- I think. Now I can't I can't academically go back and show the sources, but I think from an artistic point of view, you can see the references. So I really think alchemy, right. there's alchemy in the deck. I, I, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I can't prove it, though. I can't prove it, but I believe it. Right, right. Well, it seems like even when you said like with Mercury, um, and that there is this whole idea, especially with the magician, and it's carried through of making – the less ideal, more ideal, you know, getting into that conscious mm-hmm. creation, you start recognizing what you have, even like strength. I don't know what the tempering, temperance, you know, even right, uh, right. tempering, right. It's, um, yeah, I found that fascinating to bring that in. And you, you see it all the way through, I, I guess is what I'm hearing. You're seeing the alchemical process yeah. all the way through the major arcana. Uh, I, I, I see it. And actually, mm-hmm. one card for me is one of the most alchemic cards is the tower, because that's where everything just gets mm. collapsed and completely burned. And I do the section on the tower. There's no speaking. And I just show build. I use a fight club scenes from fight club. Those build at the end of right. fight club with the buildings collapsing. And then, no, it's, it's I think that's one of the most interesting way interpretations I came up with because it's pure alchemy and the tower yeah. is pure alchemy. But you remember an alchemy yeah. has to die. You have to die. Yes. An alchemy. That's crumbling. Crucial. And I find it interesting. I've, I know your take on this. I have found the terror because usually, I mean, death and um, death card, but I think that's getting less, but the terror, uh, the tower totally freaks people out. And Oh yeah. I have found that a lot of times the tower seems to be more of an inner process. I mean, it could be outer too, things you know, crumbling and this and that. Uh-huh. Could you speak to that? What What is your sense of that, and from your experience and yeah, research? I, I totally one hundred percent agree with you because when I do readings and I get the tower, 
I don't see it as, oh, your, your marriage is going to break up or your business is going to. No, it's like everything that you believe. Now, remember, mm-hmm. this is an interesting way to look at the tower. The opposite tower of the card is the Hierophant. So if you put them in order, the opposite, oh, okay. the opposite part of the tower is the Hierophant. Ospensky wrote a, a small book on the tarot that's fabulous. You can find it on the internet for free, and he discusses what? these opposites. Okay. So all oh, that okay. What's, his, what's the name dogma. real quick? Oh, you know, if you just put in Google Ospensky uh, Tower, oh, I'm sorry. not oh, Tower. I'm sorry, Ospensky okay. Tarot. Okay. Yeah, it'll come up, okay. and it's free. It's now. a PDF out hear- there. Yeah, yeah. And okay. so the on. tower so thinks it's the opposite to the Hierophant. Yeah, and, and if you think of the tower, I think of it as this, of a deeply religious, let's take a deeply Christian, say traditional Christian person who all of a sudden realizes or he comes to he, he start he stops believing that Jesus actually died and rose from the dead. That's the tower. How do you deal with that? Does it completely yeah. destroy you or do you eventually come up and you be eventually you might yeah. continue to be a oh Christian but in a different way. But that <laughs> dark night of the soul of oh my god yeah. this is it's a myth. It's not real. It's not historic. That can crush a person, yeah. and that crushing feeling, that's the tower. Yeah. That's the tower. Yeah, yeah I've, had, um, <laughs> I've had in my readings anywhere from on the low, 7 to 8 to up to 11 uh, major arcana in my readings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, that, my, Celtic, my Celtic cross has had seven, 7 to 8 in a Celtic. Yeah. So yeah, That's I'm going crazy. through major change, and tarot has yeah, the tower has been some of it. But um, I'm glad that you speak on that and say that it is really this inner because again, and what would you say with that? The visceral reactions that we have, like the mm-hmm. death card coming up, or the you know the tower, you know, people are seeing that. Or the devil. Um, or the devil. That's another. People. Oh. Speak of the devil. Oh, my God. Okay. I want to know about the visceral reaction. And the thing of the devil, how to get a handle on the devil. There's so many different ways to look at that archetypal energy and passage. Oh, yeah. I focus very much on the shadow. So if you think of the devil Mm. as guarding, he's guarding the path to the higher realm, that higher spiritual realm, we all have shadows. And the devil is right. that shadow. When you, when you meet a person, when you meet a person and you get this visceral feeling that this person is evil, there's two possibilities. One, it's very instinctual. Mm-hmm. It's your stomach. And your stomach's telling you, get away, this person is evil. But more likely, you're seeing yourself. And a part of that yourself right. that is just wretched, horrible, violent, sexual, all those things that we try and subdue, you've got to come to terms with them. And I say in the film, you don't have to become a saint. You don't have to, you know, stop chasing women and stop drinking. But you've got to realize that's who you are. No? And and, and Yeah, well, if you look at it, it's real right. It's right. Archetype it's pan, it's the pan energy. It's also Capricorn, so it is about the material plane living. And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if the devil card, because you say, you know, it, it comes you know, pretty much towards the midway point. And, you know, with all this, you know, religiosity and, Christ, you know, all, especially with Christianity and Catholicism, 
I'm wondering if it's also this breaking free, like, yeah, you are a central being. You are meant to be on the earth plane, you know, and, and how to integrate. You talk about shadow. Perhaps is it how do you integrate that in a life-enhancing way, you know, without having judgment? I don't know what right, your thoughts right. are on that. That, that's exactly that's exactly how I look at it. Because imagine, let's take a okay. man who's who has a strong violent tendencies, like a very violent man, and he's always trying to mm. to push them back and push them back. That's the devil. So when he watches these films and he mm. sees the criminal, he gets really nervous. You've got to come to terms with that. And as humans, we're violent. Ah, I mean, that's who we okay. are. I so mean, let's face it, we're bad back monkeys. Or pushing down. It's the pushing back ah. or pushing down that gets ah okay. That's the way it's I the not see it. acknowledging. Now, oh, I like that. No, that exactly. explains a lot. Yeah. Though. You've got to acknowledge it. You've got to acknowledge that there are moments when maybe it is necessary to be violent, or in your past, in your genetic past, it was right. it was necessary. That's why you're here. That's why your family's here. Maybe who knows? Right. But that's who we are. And look at the opposite card of the devil, the lovers. So in the devil, the two lovers are chained. They're chained. What they thought was so blissful, love and romantic love and money and position. Now that's chaining them to the devil. You got to break that. You got to break those chains. You know, the devil's Mm -hmm. a complex card. I put it in the film. Whatever's got its hooks in you, the devil's going to point them out. He's going to pull on those hooks until you realize, okay, 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 okay. (laughs) <laughs> you give in. Mm. To give into it. So is it about is the conscious awareness? I think I think it's entirely that because we can't deny ourselves. We can't deny who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's powerful. That's Oh my gosh, Robert. Well, if you have time to ever come back for part two, this has been amazing. Um, this has just been so insightful. I love what you bring to it. The, um, not just the research, but the experience. You're, you're walking this, this path, uh, clearly. Yeah. Integrating energy. Thanks. So I, I, I had, I had a great time. I enjoyed it. It yeah. went so quick. <laughs> Felt like five minutes. It did. I did. I know. Well, that's what happened. Right? We're having a good time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, exactly. Open, yeah, open door to come back. And um, thanks for so much uh, for taking the time to be on Awakenings. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. It was great. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right, everyone. Oh, my God, what a great guest. Um, the 21 Faces of God. Um, you can go to Robert Bonono uh, Cactus Land, is the YouTube channel. And that's uh, Robert, this is what it sounds, and then B-O-N-O-N-O. And uh, you can also go to uh, YouTube channel, but also his website, which is uh, cactusland.com. Wow, I'm charged. I loved And by the way, I started watching the video. It's pretty amazing, very in-depth and um, just rich. You know, whether you're a student of the tarot, especially, but even I feel for artists, there's Tamara in the chat as well, um, Denise, some of you people bring these images um, into your art. So it would be fascinating for you to see the, the chronological uh, history as well. And again, that's, that's Robert Bonomo was our guest, 21 Faces of God. And that's Bonomo, B-O-N-O-M-O. 
Oh, okay. Um, it's in the archives. You'll be able to read about it and uh, check them out. All right, everyone. Always so great to be with all of you. Great questions and comments in the chat. Those of you that called in, thanks for stirring the pot and being a part of the program in that way. And those of you that are listening later in the archives, just enjoy. And for all of you, continue to shine your light, share your insight, and, of course, keep awake. Awakenings broadcasts every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows are available on iTunes. For continued awakening conversation and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook and visit Michelle's blog at soulinsightsforspiritbedliving.com. That's soulinsights, the number four, spiritbedliving.com. Keep awake.